Hey, I'm Nate Flax. I'm Noah Longworth-McGuire. And this is Talking Lion. Talking Lion is a podcast focused on artist-to-artist conversation. We're primarily artists, a duo called Sleeping Lion, but we've been lucky enough to write, produce, and hang out with so many incredible rising artists since we started our project. Whether it's at sessions or parties or over cups of coffee, we've talked with our creative friends about everything. Music, life, love, and all the subtle complexities that come with being in the middle of a journey. Talking Lion is about hitting record in these conversations and sharing them with you. There's no real structure, nothing really prepared, just friends talking about life and what it's been like and where it's going. A couple reminders before we start the show. First, we have an election coming up on November 3rd. It's an extremely important election, and for some states, you can actually vote early or mail in your ballot. So please, please, if you can vote, make your voice heard. This election is too important to not participate in. Secondly, we think anybody listening to the show is awesome and we'd love to hear from you. So now we have a number that you can text if you want to reach us. Text us at 914-226-4772. We'll text you back. Don't believe us? Give it a try. Lastly, our face is on a shirt. We have shirts now for Talking Lion with our faces on them. If you want to wear us on your shirt, buy a shirt. It helps support the show and it shows your friends that you like Sleeping Lion and Talking Lion. You can find these shirts on our website, sleepinglionmusic.com slash store. Likewise, as always, any support on Patreon would mean a lot. That's how we keep the show going. And it's a great way for you guys to become involved in the show. Pro tip, Patreon supporters of the honorary lion tier or higher will get a free shirt. So check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash talking lion to get involved in the show and unlock exclusive membership rewards. Now let's get on with the show. We recorded this episode with our good friend, Amelia Ali. We first met Amelia when we opened for Sophia Grappari in Boston. She had come to see us, and we all hit it off immediately. Later, I worked with Amelia on her songs Beautiful and Loved the Ocean. Some context for this interview. We recorded this remotely over FaceTime after we rescheduled on each other at least a dozen times each. We wanted to make sure this interview was perfect. This week, she released her new single, Quiet, which is out now everywhere, so check it out. A warm and gentle soul with a blossoming artistic mind and one of our dearest friends, Amelia Ali continues to touch people's hearts with their stark, honest songwriting and unforgettable voice. So, without further ado, I'm Amelia Ali and this is Talking Lion. Well, hey. Hello. <laughs> Hi, guys. How's it going? It's going good. I miss both of you, and your shirts are so you. I, I got the croc. I got a crocodile. I got a, I got a lion that Noah actually got me uh, from from Venice. Um, oh, well, you, yeah, that looks I'm delicious. jealous of your mug. You have a uh, like a, a stitch mug. I do. That's uh, it's a good one. <laughs> But I, I just can't believe that this is finally happening. Yeah. We, I think we rescheduled on each other. And it wasn't like you or me. It was like both of us. I think rescheduled like 20 plus times. Yeah, we have to actually count. But that was the cutest booking of anything in my entire life. I've never felt so comfortable because I rescheduled <laughs> and I felt like a dickhead. And then you rescheduled and I'm like, oh my God. No, because I, I was like, I was waking up. I, like <laughs> There were times when I wake up and I'd be like, yeah, today is canceled. Like I can't, I can't do this. And we also, I feel like we both, because we kept rescheduling, we built it up just a little bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> so Especially it was like we have to be two. perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I appreciated I feel, it though. I feel like it's been like the Titanic meme, like that. It's been eighty years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 
it's been like that. But you know, but I'm, dude, I'm life happens. And life happens. COVID I'm glad happens we, and yeah. Are you, you on know? the East Coast now? I am. Yeah, I'm in Boston like right now. This whole summer, I've pretty much been with my family in Western Mass. Uh, and then James, the boy, just came back, so that's exciting. And we're in Boston now. And that's definitely a good way to spend it. You know, the COVID time with significant others and family. You know, that's. Uh, are, are you yeah, from dude, Massachusetts? I am. Yeah. I, I don't I'm think I knew hole. that. I love it here, dude. I like seasons. So you're a mass hole. Yeah, I'm a mass hole. <laughs> Well, I'm from yeah. New York, so I, I get that. A, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's probably like the second worst type of driver. <laughs> Where in Massachusetts are you from? It's a place called Hopkinton, Mass. It's a little suburban cutie pie town. So yeah, I really didn't know much about Boston until like it was time for Berkeley. Did Did so you never like I've visit the city to or anything? It. I did, but like it's so funny because. Every time I'd go, it felt like this big place and like I would never remember where anything was. And right. then all of a sudden, like after being here for so long, it's so weird. It's like you have a new association to each location. And it's just it's funny to have grown up here and then now have it mean something so different. I feel that it's interesting. Like I think during yeah. orientation at, at Berkeley, you know, you enter the, where, whatever angle you enter the city. That's like your point of reference. Yeah. But then you spend the rest yeah, of your time coming at it from a different angle. So I, I used to think that like the main part of the city was like the reflecting pool. Right. And, uh, oh, you know, so like cute. that whole area. But Yeah, that feels right. like a type of downtown. Yeah. Even though it's right. not downtown Boston. Yeah. No, it's just and not. And I feel like but... once you once you know Boston, like once you have the mental map, like Boston's yeah. hella small. Like yeah, it's like, it's it's like a small. tiny, it's like a tiny little oh. town. I know. And com- compared to like New York or something too, especially. Seriously, well, Massachusetts in general is just like the small little state and it has so many towns. And even in Boston, there's so many little like boroughs and stuff. It's fun to explore more still. Like there are so many restaurants I haven't eaten at yet. And Go I get really your Charlie Cod and find yourself all, all around uh, the Boston uh, commons. You'll you'll Dude. find the commons. You in 1940s <laughs> yeah. sports announcer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh I'm I'm Fallout 4's Wasn't Galaxy. Old sport. Yeah, Galaxy <laughs> News Radio. <laughs> oh sure. Get your kicks over in Cambridge. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna see some baseball? Go down to Go down to the Green Monster. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna drink too much at a country bar? Loretta's last call. Loretta's last call. Loretta's <laughs> Did you guys go to Loretta's a lot? All the time. I, really? I played the open mic there and I, you know, they served moonshine. So I was like, what? yeah, I was like, don't mind if I do. <laughs> I'm getting over <laughs> so a breakup, dangerous. you know. <laughs> Get me very drunk. Please. I will be drinking, drink your problems away in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. We love that. We love that for us. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Your mom is a is a folk hero. <laughs> She's my folk hero. Yeah, I love oh that. My God. So so yeah. she she was a musician. She was an artist. Um, yeah, dude. What like was she was she was she big? Was she regional? Like what was her what was her life? Right. And what like, what did you kind of learn from 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 growing up with that? Of course. Yeah. You know, she's like. She was low-key this little folk star. And she started in Boston, where it's where she met my dad, who had just graduated Berkeley. Yeah, she just started gigging everywhere. And like the the folk uh, Kerrville Festival. And she won like a Boston Music Award. She's kind of a badass. 
And yeah, she just gigged around for so long and really definitely made a name for herself like in that scene. But then I was born a little mistake in the middle of her career, like prime moment of mama's career. I was just born and she's like, oh, a baby. So I just was taken along for the ride and I went to all her shows with her Um, at like seven weeks old. They just took me on the road with them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'd have like random babysitters in the crowd and I'd go flirt with everyone and steal their food. And (laughs) honestly, like me as a baby sounds like who I'm becoming now. And (laughs) it just it makes me happy to hear about it. But yeah, no, it's been amazing growing up with her. God, she's just, she sees the beauty in things. And even though she isn't writing and stuff now, I wish that she would. But she's just so welcoming of an artistic career path. And so is my dad. They're very, very, like they wanted me to have this career more than I did for a very long time. Well, I, I can imagine, you know, just like your, your parents, you know, especially, especially your mother just being so, you know, especially the new stuff that you've been putting out, just like really mm. moved by it. Just Thank just you. even just like the fact that, you you know, you reference one of your mom's songs in yeah. uh, in Ocean, you know, <laughs> Love the Ocean. Give you Toss you in the ocean Give you an yeah, dude, she's the shit. I love my mom. <laughs> and and is, your, is, your, is your dad, you said your dad's musical too. Did he go down yeah. that route or, or what does he do now? Yeah, so my dad's done a ton of stuff. He's just a super smart dude. Like he had a, a music business company that I don't even dare try and explain because he's <laughs> explained it to me a million times and I never once understood it. But it was called Nimbit and he basically was kind of like a distributor for a while. And it was pretty big. Um, But they sold it to PreSonus at one point. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then life went on. So, yeah, he still teaches. He's a drummer, and he still teaches drums. And my mom still teaches, like, guitar and singing and all that. But neither of them do too much gigging now. Do you play Um, drums? Do I? Yeah. Oh, I can play, like, the Hannah Montana, like, intro. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) And, like, I'm working towards the Pornhub little <laughs> little beat the porn hub beat you the know what i'm talking beat. about i like the intro to the <laughs> is that um, a bad thing to say <laughs> I, I don't know whether this is team or not but I, I actually i listened to i i put i put my computer on mute uh whenever that website's on so I'm still at oh, 24 God. afraid of getting caught oh dude of course did you play the sims growing up Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when they woohoo, <laughs> yeah. as they do, yeah. I would literally like feel so ashamed. Like, of course, like as a child, like you have this like sexual charge and you don't know what to do with it. So, I'd like make them woohoo and then I'd put a blanket over the screen and like man the door so that my parents oh, wouldn't wow. come in and know. <laughs> Just to protect was... their honor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It'd be like that. I understand. I appreciate that. Well, you know, I, I guess now we gotta we gotta you know look up the intro for research. You know, yeah, it's it's pretty snazzy. I cannot play it yet, but the second I can, I'm gonna take a video and send it to you. Please do. <laughs> Please I love do. that those are your two drumming goals. You know, like Hannah Montana and Pornhub. There's those are two. Those are two. I got two moods, and That's, it's Hannah Montana, Montana and Pornhub. Oh my god! I just don't want those two to be associated with each other at all. But. I feel like Miley Cyrus <laughs> exists now somewhere in the middle of those two extremes. 
I think that's like, I feel entirely like her career, fair like, to say. Like she she broke out of the Disney like like kid phase, went hard oh, in the yeah. like I'm I'm a sex symbol direction. Oh yeah. And, yeah, and she then came now in with has a kind of come back to like her last record was like more country and she kind of returned to her roots. And like the, the most right. recent John Bellion penned single, I think marries the two and is like somewhat empowered and sexual, but also has this like Stevie Nicks like mm. thing about it. And I think she's like Dude. found a really nice middle ground of her artistry. Yeah, you're so right. I think that's so cool to see too. It's such a privilege to watch like a young artist grow like that from doing things that like other people are making you do into doing your own thing. It's so inspiring to watch. Well, definitely. And we're seeing, you know, a lot more agency with artists too. Now I think that, I think we, we all got to school right around the time when, when we were seeing artists kind of like, like Halsey, you know, for example, just sort of really taking the reins of their own career and being able to sort of carve the way both for themselves and for anybody who like wants to try to take that path. It's true, dude. Yeah. Do you, do you remember when we met at school? Um, yeah, I, I thought you guys were the shit. I was, well, I still think you're the shit, but I, I, when I first met you, like that was when, um, oh my God, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but the first single that you guys put out, you made you give me? me the first or okay. rug. Okay. Rug. It was rug and it was on SoundCloud. <laughs> and I remember it had like 30,000 listens or something. And I just remember being like, oh my God, <laughs> who are these people? And the music was so beautiful. And like, I didn't quite have the words to say what kind of music like made me explode yet. And it was, it wasn't quite EDM, but it was stuff like it was, it was your genre, like that I was just so captivated by when I got to Berkeley. Cause it was, it's this combination of emotion and then like electronic sound. And so when I found out about that song, I was like, oh my God. I must did you when you heard people. it? Did you know that we we were at school? Yeah, I did. I think it was Jack Newsom actually who showed me. Uh, that, that makes sense. That makes well, sense. that makes sense because I remember meeting you at one of our shows at the Middle East, right? Uh, and you you came with Jack, and Jack was like, "This is Amelia." I'm like, "Oh, very nice to meet you." Oh my god, that's so smushy. <laughs> right? It's awfully smushy. Yeah. I think wow. I spelled your name wrong in my phone too. Like that's the, the, the one of those things that like when you hear somebody, yeah. like when you meet somebody at a show and you're sort of plugging it in really quickly. Yeah, you know? of course. No, I don't blame <laughs> Wh- you at all. Which part did you misspell, Amelia or Antoniatis? Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm checking. I'm checking now. Just, just yeah, check. Because like the, uh, the Antoniatis is understandable. Amelia less so. <laughs> Actually, no. I think I got. There- it, I got. I got it perfectly right. I got it all right. Huh. Hey. I don't know why I thought. You know, I, I I misjudged. Would you look at that? Maybe you fixed it since then. That's possible. There's it's possible. There's times if there is a, ty- a typo for somebody's name, I like to keep it for the posterity of it, you know? Me too. I have so many drunk ads in my contacts. <laughs> like my friend Sophie, her name is Sophie Adelman, and I have her in my phone as Sophie Adelman. <laughs> it's just like not a, not a name. <laughs> well, what, one, of my, one of my really good friends' name is uh, is Russell, not, not our... Uh, mutual friend Russ, Not but Russell, another Russell, right. and I just spelled Russell without an L, uh, like the <gasps> second L. And Russell. I'm, I'm leaving. I'm le- and he's one of my closest friends out here, but I'm leaving it like that because you know, yes. like how often do you get to to remember you know when a, a close friend was a stranger? You know. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it really puts it into perspective for you. You're like, look how I spelled your name. Yeah, like there <laughs> right. was a, there was a time there was right. a time when like you didn't know somebody who you now like consider close you know is there a word for that feeling probably on probably on the dictionary of obscure sorrows yeah i'm gonna call it nostalgia for now just yeah yeah that's close because because hey when we met at the middle east you know we met at the show we were strangers and now i feel like we've gone through 
I mean, to a degree, Helen back, you know, just. I know you guys are kind of family at this point after L.A. in oh, um, straight up in January. Yeah. 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 After last L.A., you guys are fam. <laughs> I feel the same way. I remember the first time I I heard you sing though, was on Val's track. <gasps> ah! Was on was on Can't Let Go. Because you know I, I like he put it out and I'm like and we just had like Fiji Blues episode just came out like. And we talked about that. Like right. he had like three different debuts. Like he tried, you know, this one thing and it didn't work out. He tried another thing and it didn't work out. I and then know. he tried the, this Valentine project where instead of him singing, he had yeah. this really cool sort of vibey electronic thing. And then you right. just cutting through in the craziest way. Um, and the song was a smash Reno. Thanks. Duder. Yeah, I sound like such a little munchkin on that song, don't I? Compared to like my my low smoker voice now. Just kidding. I don't, I don't smoke. Right. Much, but <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to listen to that. And to, like I said, watching people grow again. Val is like the coolest person. And I should probably tell him that I'm saying that right now because he's just mm-hmm. like a, such a good example of someone who loves something so much that you just keep trying something until it works. And it's because it's not yeah. like hard work to do that. It's a joy to do that and to figure out what works for you and, and what people like. And yeah, proud of him. Trevor too. I don't even think we we talked about it uh, on our episode, but when Val and I first got to school, we butted heads just a little bit, but I think that we oh, both really? found, yeah, you know, like uh, I, I think that he thought I was a certain way and I thought he was a certain way. And it turns out we were a lot more similar mm, than we as thought. As people do. And yes. Yeah. And I think that we really actually yeah. bonded over this sort of love of like making music that is, well, at the time was very new sounding, you know, it was the kind of like hype right. machine, down tempo, electronic, <laughs> you know, like Trap drop drums. oriented, but not like EDM drop kind of thing. Right. Um, right. And also just like playing the the playlist game, which at the time was, was, you know, pretty new, you know, was it that? Oh, yeah. They used to be more of like a thing that you were striving for. Whereas now it's kind of like there's like a fairy godmother in charge and she just kind of throws you like on a playlist sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're on a label, of course, it's a little different. I mean, we sacrifice a sheep every month, you know, just to To the Spotify Spotify gods. gods. (laughs) Not a sheep. Anything but a sheep. You know, I would rather sacrifice my firstborn son than a sheep. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Go off, Noah. Whatever you want to do, man. <laughs> Fuck. That's terrible. Oh, I'm just saying, God. anything for a playlist. You know? Seriously, though. Dude, zero dying. None of that, please. No dying. Oh, man. That's that's dark. But I think, it, I, I think in a sense, uh, that song was the first time we quote unquote collaborated because we did a remix of can't let go. Oh yeah. Oh, um, just wow. stand by is one of one of my favorite. Noah mostly does the remixes when we do it, so I'd be like, "That's my I, that's my favorite of of your remix work." <laughs> it's nice because you're not like gassing yourself up. You can just be like, "Oh, I love that one." Yeah, I love that one. I, that was that was it. the one that was like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll splice it in right now.
just that's just that yeah i, I love that remix I, I resent that i had to mix that remix in headphones like on a on a in the car to nashville like i feel like that the thing that haunts me is that it doesn't sound great but musically that is one of my favorite remixes oh dude i think it sounds great but that's very yeah, funny that that's what you remember about it <laughs> yeah that's 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 unfortunately the curse of being a technician like i'm always gonna right like you know like when anything anytime i've had to mix my own stuff i'm gonna hate it like i'm gonna hate it yeah. for the rest of eternity when we've been yeah. sending something out for mix we've actually been like you know i'm paying somebody to do it uh we've been calling it enjoyment insurance oh um, because you know <laughs> like so... maybe they mix it better than we can maybe they don't but this way we right. don't hate it no matter what you know yeah, right. the responsibility is on someone else it's so nice to do that isn't it after a certain yeah. point especially when you're the one who's like working on the production because that's like your like tears and blood and heart and soul and you can't just like mix that like, how are you supposed to know what's wrong with it? You've been, like, working on it for way too long. Yeah, right. no, that's, you know? <laughs> that, that's exactly. You're too, you're too close to it. Yeah. Um, now, uh, I know ADD wasn't your first collaboration with Dwilly, but uh, I think it's my favorite one that you guys did mm. together. Thank um, you. It's the one that, like, I keep accidentally hearing. Like, I'll be in somebody's car and they'll play it or something. And I'll be like, I know Still? her. Oh, yeah. Ah, that makes um, me so happy. How uh, how did that song come come to be? Because it's it's uh, a crazy song. Honestly, that song is mostly Dwilly. I added so little to it, and I'm so grateful that he thought of me to be on it. I honestly thought it was fucking hilarious when he was like, "You have a song called like ADD." I'm like, "I have." Did ADD. he write it too? <laughs> yeah, he wrote it, and I believe I believe Jake Tory helped with that one. Um, oh, cool. I think that I contributed to like a line, if I'm being honest. But I remember exactly like where I was when he showed it to me. I was in my third apartment, like in my Berkeley experience. And this was the year, I think this was junior year. So yeah, I just remember I also had like discovered like wellness podcasts that year. <laughs> and so like all of these good things that were happening, I was just like, ooh, the bounty. I'm so happy and so grateful. And so he showed me that song like when I was in my room in my happy place like that. So it's just <laughs> such a fond little memory. Well, I vaguely remember us like talking about that song like a while ago yeah. uh, on two fronts. One, what I really like is like you kind of like go in on it. Like you're you're very intense on the song, which mm. I feel like the, the two moods of Amelia are like you can like sing powerfully and sing very strongly and also have the thinnest, airiest, haunt, mm. most haunting whisper of a so voice. It's just like, it's just like a like friend so, lightly touching your yeah. cheek. <laughs> Stop, I'm blushing. Um, so, but I, I think that was the first time that I that I heard the sort of like, like intense Amelia, like the the oh. like b biting, you know, one. But the, <laughs> the other thing is that I, I, and maybe I'm misremembering this, but I remember you saying, like up until like up until that point, every feature you're doing was some sort of sexual song. Honestly, yeah, I was at. Uh, I don't totally understand how I started my artist career but it was very sexual, all of it. <laughs> and I didn't have a problem with it. And so I'm not gonna say like, oh, that's not me. But I was just like so, so in the flow of things that that just kind of happened. <laughs> well, you, you you pull off that style incredibly well. Like whether whether or not oh, it connects you. with you, like like for whatever, just one way or another, you, you embody that flavor of music. Mm -hmm so effortlessly which is I think why like because there are people who do that where it's like cringe or it, yeah. it's try hard or whatever like I think that like th there is you know like you, you you're able to bring kind of like a smoothness to it to sell the you know sexual overtones whatever but oh, but I also you. do remember you like saying at one point like I'm so sorry 
mom and dad. Like, <laughs> like I swear there'll be one, you know? Yeah, that was very funny to sing while my dad was in the audience. I like shows. Right. I'm like, beep me like a dream come true, baby. I'm like, oh. <laughs> cringing on stage but um, I think I think ADD kind of got you like you know was was one of the first songs to like get out of that space and be like oh she can do anything like she can straight yeah. up be you know like producers stop fucking typecasting and like like wow. you know oh that gave me little chills thank you for saying that that was very of course I, I just remember like and it ties into you were my second session like <gasps> Uh, oh my God. We'd, we'd done a session in Nashville. We wrote Good Now with Fangs and then we came out to LA right. and you visited LA maybe our like second week that we were that we were here. Right. Um, and so I remember that whole day like we, you know, we went to the beach. Like mm-hmm. it was one of those like elongated sessions where we, we, you know, we were like, oh, well, right after we do this or right after we do that. Oh my God, I know. We were like big cranky babies if I may say so myself because <laughs> I had been traveling so much and also like, I love that because we were both kind of new at like collaborating and like trying to figure out how to. It was it was so interesting because it was in that where you told me like I was trying to write kind of a more risque song because right. that's what, kind of what I like the space that Perceived I need from you me. in. And right. you that was when you told me, oh, I keep kind of getting, you know, typecasted in this this space and mm-hmm. I want to write so- something else. And I remember like, you know, like. We we didn't wind up coming up with a song. I, I you know I felt I, I felt bad as you do in the early sessions when you don't get a song <laughs> going. Yeah. But but I learned something so valuable from you, which is to listen. You know, Aww. like I learned like oh, when you're in a session with an artist, it's not about what you want to write for them. It's about what the artist wants you to write for them. You know? Oh my god! Yeah, the the, the a, thing I remember yeah. from that session was feeling like I was like diplomatically stuck in the middle because I felt <laughs> such a strong sense of like you had an idea for a song you wanted to write, and it was a it was like a, a solid idea. And Amelia, you had an idea for a song you wanted to write, but th- they weren't the same idea. Right. And you guys were both independently on your own tracks. And I, seeing both of this, these independent roads taking shape, was like, maybe there's a way that these two things can be married. But like, no, it, there was no, it just didn't oh come God. together. So the That's whole so session cute. was just like all three of us in our own separate worlds, like trying to reconcile what was going on. Dude, yeah. Like just like huge babies, giant babies. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> all trying to work together. That's really cute. But like, I, I, I've i never, if anything, I've considered that like not, not like a, you know, like a failure, but like the bet, one of the best early learning experiences a person could have, because you were so kind about it. You know, oh. you, you, you wanted what you wanted and, and it taught me to like, listen for what that is, you know? Well, that was a cute little initiation to a, a friendship that just kept growing over the years. And I, I'm so glad that I get to work and speak with you guys, you know? I mean, we feel the we feel the exact same way. Um, <laughs> one of these days, one of these days, I gotta I gotta redeem myself for that session though. So we, I think we've technically never written since since. No, then. I, we I'm haven't. Always, I'm always out. Whenever you guys had sessions, I was always out in town. <laughs> yeah, next trip once Rona's over, Absolutely. we're about to let's do a little a little something something. But even though we, you and I have not written together, you and uh, you and Noah have made um, honestly, and I'm not just sort of saying this, like some of my favorite songs of the last, Nate. you know, like last year, beautiful. This year, love the ocean. Oh, like, those are two of my like favorite songs of the year. <gasps> oh, thank you. 
Yeah, course. me and Noah, we get sad together. Don't oh, we, we we certainly do. We oh, get oh boy, sad, do sad. we? Oh, oofta, oofta, <laughs> oh, boy, oofta. We? we we really get down in the dumps, don't you know? <laughs> oh sure, oh sure, well, oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. We, we've been watching a lot of Fargo, so it's yeah, just like I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, re- I'm reconnecting with my min- my my dad's Midwestern roots. Oofta, you betcha. Well, that's cute. Do you guys um, watch? Um, did you see Midnight Gospel yet? We watched an episode. We didn't really get into it, but yeah, I've, no, I've, I've, no. I've heard I've, people keep recommending it. Yeah, it's definitely like a high activity. Yeah, you know. So I don't know if that was a part of the mix or not, but it's like it's that's a crazy one. I feel like you guys would love it if you got into it. We we were watching Harmon Quest yesterday because we're about to start a D and D campaign. So that's where mm. we're at. <laughs> we're on full nerd hey, today, and nerd. I can't be ha- I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Truest form. Could, could you tell me? Tell me that I want to hear you guys. I want to learn from you guys uh, the story of how beautiful came to be. Because I know, I know, oh. went through some permutations. Oh yeah. I've definitely, I've definitely got my my angle on it. But I'm curious. I'm curious. Was that you- how you met Bendik? Was that? Yeah, that's how I met Bendik. Oh my god! Are you wait? So I, I guess I did know that I showed you Bendik, but that makes me very happy. Wow. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll recount my experience. I remember. Paint us a picture. I'll, 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 I'll paint you a picture. It's uh. It's like 9.30 p.m. on, I want to say, a Thursday. I was mm. working in one of the EPD labs, the uh, one of the the lab with the uh, the Foley room, one of the oh, new yeah. EPD labs. And oh I was I was working lab service. The, the, only, the only Berkeley recording studio you can bring food into. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're meant to smash watermelons, <laughs> smash watermelons in, in that room, which I never got to do. Yes. I, was, I was supposed to do it in my video game class, but I never, I never got a chance to. But I, I did mm. work in that in that room and i was alone in that room chilling pretty tired like you know i've been working this shift for like you know five or six hours uh and and you texted me and you said hey uh what are you doing tonight do you want to do a session and i'm like it's already 10 p.m i'm just like generally as no mcguire i'm i'm like a no i'm gonna (laughs) sleep type of thing but (laughs) i i I, you know, you're, you're one of my favorite people it just, even though I didn't know you super well, I, we had started working together from, from my vocal production class. And I just like, you're one of those people that I, I always knew I wanted to work with. And like, Aww. I would jump at any opportunity to like get in a room with you and like do something. So you're like, Oh, come over for a session. I'm like, hell yeah. Like this is, this is the reason I came back to Boston. Like this is like precisely <laughs> why I wanted, I, yeah, I wanted Aww. to be here in the first place right. was to do, do stuff back. like that. I had just come back from LA. And uh, and you said, oh, let's do a session. So I go over to your uh, it was Bendik's house in Alston. And you're like, here's this guy, Bendik, who like, I don't know, like the first time you meet Bendik. <laughs> I, I mean, I know people who have known Bendik for years and still are convinced that he hates them because he's, <laughs> he, he's he, just, there's kind of a, a cultural barrier there of, of his Norwegianness that can be off putting. So I was like, yeah. here's, here's this like stone faced, uh, like blonde Norwegian kid who just like pulls up Ableton and just like says like three words to me. I'm just like, who is this guy? But like you guys had such you, you guys already had such a dynamic. Uh, because you've been working right. together, and there was such there was such good energy between you two that I felt like I was able to <laughs> to like slot in somewhat effortlessly. And you you were just coming off a a very difficult and a very complicated breakup, like literally like that day or something. I remember you like you yeah. like you were in the thick of feeling like you breakup were town. you were truly in breakup town, TM, and oh, wow. and you were you're explaining how you were like letting this person go. But you, you know, you knew it was for the best, but you still wanted them to be happy, but you were still imagining them with other people. And you're just like, we're really like in, in this very complex headspace. And I remember over the course of that session, you know, between the three of us, we, 
we we sort of started painting this picture of this like very specific, like really specific and really nuanced emotional place of one be like being bitter that something's over, but you're kind of the person who ended it and you're doing it because right. you're maybe not the best person for this other person, but it still hurts and you still want like you still kind of want to be with them. And even if you don't want to be with them, you you want them mm. to be happy. But you seeing them happy with someone who's like better than you, like really fucks with your head. And it's just like mm-hmm. so, such a real feeling, but a really difficult thing to capture in a song because there's so many angles. And what I think is like transcendent about Beautiful is that we pulled it off. Like you you had such yeah. a specific thing in your head and you just kept chipping away at it. And Bendik and I just kept throwing out ideas for like melodies and lines uh, right. until it until the the extremely specific thing that you were trying to say, like came across. Was there a line that unlocked it for you guys? This is I mean, such a blur. Yeah, it, it honestly is such a blur. I think obviously the like I, I can't remember when we. I think the chorus came pretty early on. Just the why must yeah. she be beautiful? Right. Uh, I think I think I remember once once we got the uh, you found what you needed I can deal with that but seeing you you together is like a heart attack. Like that was definitely one of those things. It was like okay, it's really coming together, and then obviously the pre-chorus of like. She's Cinderella, I'm like the carriage. She's Cinderella, I'm like the carriage. You bought the presents, I came with baggage. I heard she's fixing all of the damage. Yeah, this one's the keeper, she fits the shoe. Glad my mistakes could bring her to you. Seems so happy. Forgive fantastic. Oh like yeah, that, that's that, a crazy part. Yeah, that 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 like get, getting that. I remember deliberating a lot on that section. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was, it was like, I'm a, sure she's cleaning up all the damage. Like, dear God. Yeah. Like, but, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like that song just, that song just hits such a specific nerve and we really chipped. It was a really a labor of love. And then, I mean, don't get me started on the production. Oh like, yeah. Ooh. You guys went between like, like swing and like triplet, right? Yeah. The like, original version of it started because the, yeah, because the, like that's straight. Right. We wrote that straight at 16th right. notes. And then I, f- I think it was Bendix's idea to like have it go triplet in the course. The original demo had started straight and then flipped into this triplet beat. And we're like, that feels mm-hmm. kind of weird, but maybe it's cool. Yeah. But, uh, I, you know, I went through so many versions of the production. Like the, oh, I can't even, that's probably feel... one of the longest <laughs> and most winding roads of a production. I know. And like over this, like, yeah, over this like heart wrenching message that you just have to dwell on as you work on it over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it was heavy. It was a heavy song to be a part of. Well, I, I kept hearing it through the walls, you know, so I didn't necessarily hear, you know, like, no, would be like, yeah, you know, now it's in swing. Okay, actually, now yeah. it's in, you know, in, in triplet. <laughs> um, uh, I think my favorite little production detail is that little, like, because a haunting song, I mean, you got like the, the creepy, you know, children's sort of like a uh, music box. Mm. You have the, the the creepy children's music box thing, and mm. uh, you know you've you've got all these like, and, and obviously the way you sing like so airy, it, you know it's all very haunting. But there's that one sound that's so gross and mm. so the screamy the sound, screamy sound. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, pl- oh, okay. I'm plugging it in right here. Oh. It's crazy. Uh, Do it you is- remember when I was like, I think that needs to be a scream. 
Yeah. And yeah, we yeah, stacked yeah. the little screaming guys. Yeah, I, rem- I remember in, in my, my, my Chester apartment in Boston, I remember recording mm-hmm. Hella Stacks with you. And like oh, a, a lot, too. a lot of those sounds. So that was real. That was her screaming. Yeah, it was, it was, it was mostly, well, it was, it was like, you recorded like 10 vocal stacks and then I took all right. of those, bounced them down to one piece of audio and then pitched everything up an octave and then pitched it up an octave again. So oh like, it just like, it, and then that became just one piece of audio. Like, oh, I, I was really like cutthroat about bouncing stuff down. So a lot of right. times I would just like, you would record a bunch of stuff. I'd be like, that's one sound now. Like, I'm not going to like give myself control over that. Right. So then that happened a couple of times. And because there were so like, you know, Bendik and I sent stems back and forth on this song like so many <laughs> times. It's so, so many, bad. so many pieces of, of sound design got committed that the street, the scream sound was one of those things that kept evolving with every version. And like by right. the time it got down to when we were working with Neil, like he was like, "Oh, can you give me more control over that scream sound?" I'm like, "I can't." Like, <laughs> like it is what it is. Like it was like right. this really organic piece of sound design that started in that very first production session in my apartment in Chester, but like, right. s- like just kept we just kept adding octaves to it and kept adding more distortion and like just like even down to the mix. Like that song, that sound didn't really become what it was until the mixing stage when it really Isn't got that, that extra layer of juice. But yeah. like it was, it was because it was always just like you. you I remember you were just like it needs to sound like. I forget. It's th- a, I mean, it's a heart attack. It sounds did like a I heart say, attack. Yeah, sounds- did I say punch? Because that's definitely a word I use. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I think it was like you. It's like you wanted it to sound like to a punch. punch you in the stomach, well, right? Like, <laughs> the song is like the song is beautiful. Like everything about. I mean, literally, but like the song, uh, you know, like like you're you're airy throughout, and you know, there's moments of intensity, but by and large, it, it stays in this very clean place. And then there's this mm. element that absolutely fucks you up. And I'll say, yeah. you know, we. Like Noah worked on it and I heard it through the walls and I, I you know, knew the general premise of the song, but I, I hadn't, you know, it's hard to hear the lyrics through the walls. Right. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, and I, I'm, I make it a point of like when Noah's working on something, I'm not like, can I hear the whole thing? Like if it's for, you know, yeah, artist. yeah. So the first time I kind of heard it was, was when it came out and it happened to come out like pretty much towards the tail end of, of, a, of the re- relationship I was in. Right. Oh, I remember um, you saying that. I, I, sa- yeah. I think I sent you a text about it because, mm-hmm. it, you know, it was a long distance thing. And she, she was kind of convinced that I was going to meet somebody better and was so <sighs> worried that I was going to meet somebody somebody better. And so much of what you were saying in the song were, were sort of things that she would say or I would imagine right. that she would say or like sort of fit into this kind of like world that I was in with her. Right. And it fucked me up. Like it really, really like like Thank I loved you. it not just because it was you guys and like I knew it took a year, but like right. because it it actually like so specifically touched on this fear that I had. Like I felt like it was an indictment to me for like oh. she she was like maybe you should try to meet somebody else. I'm like and I'm sort of you know I'm on the the apps like like I'll listen to you if you want me to listen, you know. And <laughs> yeah. every time I'd find somebody who was pretty, like your song would be in my head, and I'd be like. No, I don't want anybody Stop. to say that to me. I don't want <laughs> I don't want to be indicted in the way you're indicting this person, you know. Oh wow. Yeah, no, that I remember that text. That meant a lot to me to know that like you genuinely felt it. Because that was something that like that was the first song I think I released that I was like, okay, here's my body and soul and all yeah. the pain that I've had over this one person. And here you go, people. Eat it. <laughs> Eat it. <laughs> Eat it. Absolutely, absolutely let it wreck you, you know? Just let it wreck you. Yeah, but no, um, I mean, hearing y'all's perspective on that is pretty crazy. Just because, like, Noah, like, up until 
Bendik and you, I really always felt like a little girl kind of in some sessions. Like I worked with these producers who I admired so much. And when I would try and speak production, I just sound so dumb. One, because I don't know like the terms, but two, because like so many producers are like, nah, dude, like you're the writer, you're the, or you're the singer. Like I do this part. And I just was always like this little, like doing this huffy puffy thing in the corner, like trying to be cool with not having anything to do with it. But like, meanwhile, all these ideas exploding in my head and just wanting to have someone that I could communicate them with and see if they worked. And like, Noah, I mean, you know, that like you're my person when it comes to that stuff. You've in, empowered me so deeply to like produce on my own. And yeah, that was a really special song for me for that reason. Cause you let me be a part of it and you let me try and really, I mean, it took so long because I was like, no, it's gotta be like this. And it's funny because yeah. I listen, I listen now and I'm like, oh, if I made this now, I'd make it differently. But that's not the point. The point is that was, that meant everything to me at one point. And that's why it's so special that it's out the way it is you know and that we put it to rest and we put the paintbrush down yeah yeah and, and for, yeah we and we i think i think we put the hours in to make it what it needed to be at the time like yeah i'm, I'm sure there's stuff i do differently now but like i i also i'm i'm glad that it's it exists in the form it is and like i'm Me i'm too. it means the world to me that i was able to be a part able to be a part of it and able to to be that person for you because i didn't even realize before i started work i mean i knew i wanted to work with you just initially superficially because you're like okay this person's got a good voice and you had done all this like <laughs> exciting edm stuff but i think like it's after that session like once i once i like really heard what was in your brain and saw that you had like such a unique story to tell i was like <sighs> i i i like i want to be able to like I, I would be honored to be able to be the person to help bring this vision to life because it's like <sighs> one of the most artistically fulfilling things that i've like ever been a part of and like it, <laughs> it, it means it means the world to me that that that, I'm that, melting. that my that my intention came because that that that's always my intention as a producer is to empower right. artists and to never make them feel, uh, you know, belittled and and to and to remind them that production is like that pretty much anyone can do it. All you have to do is have opinions, and everyone's got opinions. Well, and that's the thing is, you know, I I say it really often on the show. I consider myself a producer even if I'm not like almost never at the actual computer. Like I think right. your production sensibility is so strong. And, I mean, you, you you produce Tommy Pickles, so you're also like a really. <laughs> Solid producer. Like no, I am not P. a solid producer. Okay, but Tommy Pickles, I'm no nuts. Tommy Pickles, Tommy Pickles goes. <laughs> Tommy Pickles goes harder than Mother Did you do that at our house? Was that what you that were working on? Kills me. So that was one. Like I just made it like as a seed, and I didn't think I was going to do anything with it until I got really impulsive this year, as I do. And <laughs> yeah, no, I probably pulled that up at your house, but I didn't really finish that until it was quarantine time, and I was like, all right, I need something to do. Let's go. Yeah, it's you it's know. it's great, you know. It's it's like thank you. Um, there's a Maggie Rogers quality to it of like very, Stop. you know, like no. I mean, oh, I'm I'm you. not saying I'm not gassing you up and saying it like because I mean it. You know, it's yeah. like, but but that's the thing is like I, I I stand by what Noah says. You know, obviously there are things to learn when you're in the DAW and like whatever. But if you're an artist, sure. you are also a writer and you are also a producer. Like if you're an artist, you should have a say over your sound and you should have a producer who is who wants to be told what to do. Right. You know? I mean, you know, there's a time and place though, because there are people, you know, I'll ask to work with me and I've had to teach myself to like stop being so aggressive sometimes and just be like, hey, you invited this person because you love what they do. So let them do what they do. You do what you do. And then you can change things later. You know what I mean? That was a big one for me because for so long I felt so like unheard that I just had all this resentment 
towards like production in a way because I just for so long I knew what I wanted things to sound like and I'm still working on figuring out how to make that a thing but like there was a lot of like I don't know tension behind that for me like I think in sounds I'm sure you guys understand that like sometimes (laughs) like yeah like my voice memos if I ever die like I hope no one looks through my voice memos like they're embarrassing (laughs) like I'm making sounds I'm making beep boops and I, I don't know like Sometimes words come with them and sometimes they don't. And it's, it's fun when they don't, because that's usually when it's like me trying to make a beat. And like, I will give into that now. I'm not so afraid of making something that's terrible that I don't even try anymore. Like now I just make the thing that's terrible and then like it'll become something. Yeah. I I feel what you were saying also just sort of about like not necessarily being too, too aggressive. Like I, I, I feel like I've moved on from most of those like ego things, except for I still can't shake this feeling like I'm the best lyricist in any room I'm in. Like that's for some reason, <laughs> that's for some reason like the hill, like not only that I want to die on, but that like I need for my like identity in this music thing. And mm. not only has that like, you know, led to sessions that uh, can stall out, like like the first one that we had. Sure. Um, but also it's made me for years blind to things that were right under my nose, specifically that Noah is also an incredible lyricist. Um, uh. You know, it's been through the Music for Birds project and hearing what Noah does on his own where I'm like, oh shit, yeah. like, you're in various ways better than I am. Like there are, you know, <laughs> like there are so many cool things that you bring to the table as a lyricist. But, but that's the thing is like, I feel like I'm trying now to be like, okay, wow, I was, I was wrong in a major way for years, you know, of like thinking oh, like, this is what I do and this is who I am. And like, nobody can touch that space to right. now being you know, like, okay, like how do we get me out of the way a little bit more and I've, I felt, similar, I felt oh. similarly about production like like I similarly it's part of my identity like it, it, I am the producer and especially in Sleeping Lion stuff it's like if I'm not producing it then it's like what is my purpose as a human being but right. especially recently I've been opening opening myself up to like hey maybe someone else could do this better and I think that the song needs that and I've, I've, I've had Dude. to open myself up to like like maybe my like and even even just as as simple as sending stuff out to mix like even that like I felt for so long that if I wasn't mixing my own stuff then I wasn't doing it right and I wasn't like so so, so many of like so many of my peers and contemporaries like are people who mix their own stuff and I'm like if I'm not capable of doing that then I'm not enough but I'm also I've recently I've recently just been like whatever that's not my bag and it doesn't have to be and if someone else can do that better and I can spend my time not pulling my hair out, then there's yes. the, there's something useful about that. Yes. And to need other people and to be able to like give other people who are doing something similar to you a purpose too. Oh my God. Isn't that so rewarding when you have yeah, someone make is. something for you and like this just gives them a piece of it too. And then they make it better. It's like, whoa, this is just a gift that like keeps giving. And also what you were saying, Nate, like, isn't it such a fucking joy to be okay with being wrong right oh my god you know isn't it lovely to be okay with it because then you're not judging yourself and then you learn things so much faster when you're down to just get things wrong a few times I mean, like admitting that I'm wrong is like pulling teeth but like also my wisdom (laughs) teeth hurt every day so sometimes you have to pull your own teeth you know right right sometimes you have to like you know get that thing so that the overall like pressure is gone 
you know, metaphorically yeah. and, and literally, I definitely need to get my wisdom teeth removed. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, oh God, please do it. Do it. Do it now. Yeah, right, you don't right. want to be older having to get those I'll do it out. on the, I will do it on the, uh, on the podcast. I'm pulling special that out. Episode, yeah, special wisdom episode. Teeth episode. Oh, <laughs> I would love that. Yes. <laughs> Let just, me I'm, I'm on, I'm on Vicodin the whole time. Just like, <laughs> dude, just when I got my mind, wisdom like, teeth out, I was in, I think I was a junior. I got my wisdom teeth out and they gave me codeine and oh God, I like should not have access to that ever in my life. <laughs> I just remember like I had that complication wherever, like you drink out of a straw and everything gets messed up. And I fucking did that the first oh. day. And then I had like two extended weeks where they gave me codeine, which I don't think was okay, but they did. And I was just like so happy all the time. And it was the first time I'd ever heard Trap Queen by Fetty Wap. Oh my God. And I remember being <laughs> oh in my, my God, high school bedroom. Hilarious. Yeah. And I listened to it like 60 times on repeat, just like dancing dancing alone in my room like oh my god this song is everything <laughs> like, I've ever no, I mean, wanted. If, if I had to do like Berkeley superlatives and it was just like most likely to uh <laughs> most likely to dance to Trap Queen a hundred times uh <laughs> and I would take a, I would pick you it would be Amelia oh, Lee I think I like that thank you <laughs> 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 uh, it's true Could you guys tell me the story behind Love the Ocean? Because Oofta. holy fuck of a song. Oofta. Oofta. Mm. Oofta. Man, I like, my favorite part about that song is it's not even like a factual story in the way that it sounds. Yeah. Um, for like, I just remember Noah, us like sitting in the room with Nicole and just like, we were so ready to cry and we started crying when it was still just a melody and there weren't really yeah, words. It was, it was like the humidity in the air that turns into a storm. It was just like, it was, yeah. there was something in the room. Yeah. And it was just so that. ready like, to why, happen. Why, why were you all so emotionally charged? I think, honestly, I think there was, <laughs> cause I, I remember, I remember Nicole and I being like, Hey, what's Amelia, what's going on with you? And you're just like, things are really good with James. And we're like, that's cool. Like, like there wasn't a, like, <laughs> It wasn't <laughs> what you would expect from from the way that song turned out. You you would expect Fuck that we no. that that we would that it started with us spilling our guts, being like everything's right. really heavy right now. Right. But like like you said, like the 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 details of that song are not necessarily like no. like factual. But I think I think that's the thing that excites me like more than anything about the song is that it yeah. feels so lived in like it feels oh. like those the lyrics just evoke like they're they're just mm. like strokes of the paintbrush that mm. that create this image of 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 a of something that's fully alive and it's like it's like a world that we created it's like it's like yeah. and i think i think maybe that comes from the fact that all three of us are like deeply invested in fiction like as as writers sure. but also that yeah, yeah. There, was, there was there was just an energy in that room. And I, you know, I, I, I'm sure Natal Splice in the voice memo, I, I was listening to it because I posted it on Instagram, like when the song mm. came out, the, oh, the yeah. clip that I chose is you just vocalizing. Oh, shit. That's, oh, my 
That's right. But it's it's there. It's certainly there. It makes me so sad. I love it. You had pretty much the entire structure of the song, the entire melody, before any words were put to it. Like you you were just like Like you just did that four times and we're like, yeah, like that's it. And then you went, I thought you said you loved the ocean. We all went, oh, we all just went, oh, that's it. That's the thing. Like the the fact that it's the first line of the verse and the refrain that comes in at the end of this chorus. Like I'm a, I'm a, Freaking sucker for a verse refrain song. Like I, I, I. I it's well documented. That's that's the hill that Unreal. I really am willing to die on. So right. Oh um, man, no, that was such a a gift to be able to share that sad time with you guys. Because it was like you're right. Like the way you described it, everything was going really good, and everything is going really good. And I think that is um incredibly anxiety provoking for someone who's been through some dumb things, which we all have quite frankly, like we've all had our, our dose of trauma and bad relationships and whatever. And so something that I hadn't actually, like, it's funny, like I'll, I'll realize things about songs after the fact, like, you know, writing certain lyrics and then realizing what they mean to you after the fact, like my ex from high school and James currently pretty much any dream that I have that has James in it, it's this hybrid human of my ex from high school and James. And they always treat me like shit in my dreams. And I'll wake up so sad and confused and it'll be like this off-brand feeling of heartache where it's like this mishmash monster of a person that does not exist. And when I listen to that song, it's like as if James were my boyfriend from high school. And that's what makes it Mm. fictional. But it's not fictional because it's just all of this anxiety. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's just like saying out into this into this song and. Yeah. I also remember that as we were starting to crack the song, I'm like, it like this reminds me of Clementine's speech from from uh, the Eternal Sunshine at the Spotless Mind. And there's a great moment oh. in the voice memo where that's that's Nicole's favorite movie. And oh. and she was like, of course. And we we sat down and we played the scene on YouTube because you had never seen right. the movie. And right. I was like, I, I, I need you to understand why this is like striking such a nerve with me, because <laughs> it, it, it hits that. The, what, what I think is so powerful about that song is it's which speech. The I'm just a fucked up girl looking for my own peace of mind. Oh, yeah. It's like mm. it's it's like if you choose to enter into a relationship with someone, it's like the you you knew you knew it was a snake like from you're the worst. Like if you choose to enter in, into a relationship with someone, like you know what they're all about. If there's right. flaws and you see them and you choose to be with them anyway, mm-hmm. you that's something that you choose. And it's like you don't get to be mad about it later. Like right, you know, it's, you like, it's like I thought that. you said you loved the ocean. It's like you it's like you signed up for this. Like that was that was the angle to it that like twisted my heart in in a mm. particular direction and and still like messes me up about that song to this day. Well, I think on that note the thing that really fucks with me is is noticing that something wrong or something doesn't add up um right. before the actual ending happens. Right. Like I think that just like this idea of somebody saying they love the ocean from the shore. Um yeah. and like having to sort of be forced into the ocean despite the fact that they were sort of they said that they loved it. Right. And I think that yeah. like as somebody who has been in relationships where I, I've seen things that don't add up, but right. I have sort of chosen to ignore them anyway. Right, because um, you that, like that person, you love that person. Yeah, like, and not even red flags, like, like mm-hmm. not not even a flag to begin with, just little incongruencies. Yeah, that I knew that I knew I couldn't right. necessarily talk about or like call on, but and I, I didn't even know what they right. meant, but yeah. that they were right. there, and that's you just why knew what they I went, felt off. And, and I think it's so so brilliant that like you know you have 
you, you end the first verse with just, I thought you said you love the ocean. For anybody who listens again, you knew, you know what you're leading up to. But mm. in that first kind of listening space, you know, when you finally said, I thought you said you loved me and how, mm-hmm. and how that just ties into all of these incongruencies <laughs> and, and, you know, taking somebody at their word. Woofta, you know, like I'm like actually tearing up. (laughs) Just gets me. That song just gets me. It's an oofta for sure. And I don't even feel conceited saying that. Like we made ourselves very sad successfully. Like I do it a lot. I I rarely do it in words like that. You know. Stop it. Stop it was my like song with my ex. You know, oceans. Your song with yours. And uh, you know, it's it's the most. It's your most streamed song at the moment. And I think there's something to be said for that. (laughs) And stop. It's our most streamed song. Yeah, exactly. You just gotta write with your exes. That's what you gotta do. Yeah. Well, it's people feel when you're genuinely sad and people feel when you're genuinely happy. And and that's why I like I kind of resented some of the music that I put out at the beginning of my career because it was what I had ready to go and everybody like believed in it. And so I was like, OK, I'll I'll believe in it then. And and, you know, like there were a couple that were just so peppy and they sounded good and whatever. But. I wasn't in a like, place. Like, I had, give you up is a smash. You like, give that you up song, is an absolute. Oh, thank you, but that yeah. one, you know, that's actually that was like my first co-write. To be honest, that was one of my first sessions where I was able to be like, "Hey, I'm sad, and I want to make it into like a dancey kind of sad," you know. So yeah, that one's not even necessarily like the happiest song, but I definitely put out I mean, certain I mean, things I guess, that I guess were that speaks to speaks to its authenticity. That that's right. probably both of our favorites off that right. first EP. I know. <laughs> Well, Thank you. W- w- what is cool too about Ocean, which I mentioned earlier, is that it that it also incorporates like that line that your mom, the the notion, mm. uh, lyric. Mm, yeah, that my mom's songs, like needless to say, because she was still doing shows and stuff when I was uh, in the womb. They called me Cletus the fetus, by the way. I feel like it's important <laughs> for you guys to know that because they didn't want to know if I was a girl or a boy. And so my parents' <laughs> friends would be like, "How's Cletus doing?" <laughs> And they'll Cletus still see me play. sometimes and they'll be like, hey, Cletus. But anyway, <laughs> when I was Cletus, I was like at all her shows with her technically and her guitar was pressed to her belly. And um, I remember being wow. like really young and remember my aunt playing me her songs to try and get me to fall asleep. And like even when I was young, like crying just like of the heartache and like the emotion and stuff that my mama, like I couldn't listen to my mom from maybe age six to something like 12 something some absurd a period of time where I just was not down to get emotional like that and feel all of the things that I assumed she was feeling and so that's what's so special to me about this song and and Noah I remember saying to you like because the song means so much to me like how could I not have like mama on it when she's the only like she's the one who inspired me to write in such a a way you know and I hadn't had the courage really to do it before because it wasn't what everybody else was hype about and yeah so the fact that it's number one on my on my played stuff right now does mean a lot to me because when I put it out I was like if no one likes this that's okay I guess because I love it I like it a lot did did you track notion while you were here like the notion part I did I did that was when I tried to uh have a memory of you like in the room just sort of singing this line that I didn't quite I'm like, I don't think she's saying ocean. <laughs> That's right. not quite ocean. Right. Yeah, I did do that. That was um that was when I tried to man the computer for a little bit when mm. we were in Sad Town again. Which by like the way, pen. Noah, Noah, you never saw me when I was in Sad Town. You were like, me being able to love you while everything was going on meant so much to me because I was on the verge of my own explosion. 
and I hadn't let myself have it yet because I, I wanted to be like strong for you. And it actually helped I, me know. so much that month. Uh, and as soon as I left you, I had my own explosion. And I, I really, yeah, we need to talk. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> we I, need to I, catch I'm up. always down. I feel like, I feel like <laughs> apart from rescheduling the podcast, we've also rescheduled FaceTime each other for, for months now. <laughs> I know. And you know eventually. why it is? It's because I'm like, I know I'm about to have to get deep in it. And I'm right. going to have no to same. tell them everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but yeah, the, the song, the song also like, you know, it just, it, it really does hit home, you know? And I think because even though at the time it came from fiction, I feel like, you know, maybe in the moment you're writing fiction, but you're, you hold on to stories. It's, it's yeah. eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. You can't forget anybody. Yeah. Or maybe you anticipate and you're, you know, projecting into the future. But well, dude, um, that's what yeah. beautiful was to an extent. Yeah. So, it was a dream. It Beautiful didn't come out dream. until two years. Right. And it didn't come out until two years after originally like starting the idea. And basically there was this person in my life for a long time. And when we had first written the song, it was like one of the first times I messed up with him and I knew I was messing up, but I knew I was doing the right thing because we weren't meant to be together, but I still wanted it anyway because I loved this person. And then two years later, we actually had like a full blown relationship together. And mm. when it ended, it ended like bad it ended bad and I was like how I can't even act like I didn't think this was gonna happen like I signed up for it I wrote a song about it two years before it fully happened <laughs> and I, I tend to do that I tend to to manifest those kind of heartbreaking things sometimes I think and I think that was ingrained in me from high school and from feeling like belonging to someone is you know the thing that defines me and whatever and so, yeah, I still gotta shake that, you know. Like yeah. when, oh, when, people, it's huge. when people, yeah. I, you know, I, I got made fun of a lot, you know, for being uh, somewhat effeminate and uh, a nerd, you know, in in high mm. school. Oh, I'll punch um, them. I'll punch them all. Right, you mm -hmm. know, and and I I felt like the sort of combat to that was to be in relationships, you know, so people sure. couldn't use some of the slurs against me or like say certain things to me, um, you know, wow. like because they would be untrue, they'd be factually incorrect. And, <laughs> and even, you know, I'm, I'm 24 now. And if I go like a, a period being single, even if I want to be single. Oh, we've all, we've all got that shit though. We've all got that thing. And it's probably, I feel like for most of us, it was prominent in either middle school or high school where it's just like, you're always trying to comp compensate for like this heartbreak that you have, whether it's like yeah. not being good enough or not being worth love or whatever it is for you. Like, it's always so prominent in high school, I think. It was for me, at least, and it sounds what like. I What I really appreciate about what you're saying about Beautiful is like, you know, when, when, when I'm writing a song about somebody, you know, and somebody hears mm -hmm. it, like, I, I've been asked before, like, are you not over that person? And I feel like it's, it's kind of worth noting that there's a difference between having like, you know, something that's malignant turn into something that's benign versus excising it altogether. Like, I think that I could, I can be over something, but the thing in the space that it occupies is still there. So it's not weighing on me, but I haven't found a way of expressing it, haven't found a way to excise it yet. Sometimes um, for years, right? Yeah. You have to learn how to write that song. You have to learn how to, you know, like you have to learn and get perspective on how you want to approach that. Cause you can't just stab it a bunch of times and see how it goes, you know? And so you got to be surgical about it. And I feel like, you know, I'm still writing about relationships that I'm, I'm over, but I'm writing about them oh, because yeah. there are still parts of those relationships that, that have stuck with me that I haven't had an opportunity to uh, excise or express. Right. And maybe they're not healed yet for that reason. Cause maybe you don't see 
you know, you're missing or you're, you're still not ready to see a reality in it or something, you know, like that was, that's huge for me as yeah. I, I tend to, I'm someone who like will run into a wall like 10 times before learning, like truly. Mm. I really like, I learn things the hard way and I like am almost grateful for it because it, there hasn't been a time yet where things have gone horribly wrong and I haven't learned something wonderful from it. But at that same point, yeah, I'm, I totally get that. Like, I don't know. I've done the same thing wrong in relationships many times and I haven't been totally ready to look at what I'm doing wrong. And I'm actually working on an EP now that's like kind of just this whole big metaphor for all this shit I tried to be growing up that didn't work for me. And even though I'm still not ready to fully look at it right now, like I'm trying to, and the songs might be shit low key because I, I don't know if I'm ready to, to say it yet. I think this is one of my first attempts at saying what I'm trying to say. Well, that, that's what was eye opening about doing different plans was be like, even though the songs, there were oftentimes like maybe a year or two years or three years between when all of them were written, right, like right. seeing them all together. And then this sort of bird's eye view was like, oh my God, I've been trying to write the same I've been trying to write about the same thing, which was recognizing repeating mistakes, you know, trying yeah. to recognize like, oh, I've done the same thing over and over again. And mm -hmm. I still think I'm doing it right. Like, I still think mm -hmm. I'm right. You know? mm -hmm. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, that was an interesting thing to sort of come to. Dude, isn't it fun to <laughs> yeah, right, analyze right. ourselves all the time? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if, if, if it wasn't. I mean, I feel like I, like the reason it's our profession, it's a chicken egg, chicken and egg thing. I, yeah. The reason it's our profession is because we would do it anyway. But like, God, I right. feel like I would sleep better if uh, I didn't have to constantly uh, <laughs> dive in, you know, every fucking day about why. Dude, we do I, th what we I do. think I would sleep less if I didn't do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah. all, all the ghosts, you know. But uh, all is there a line in Ocean that resonates with you? Yeah. First of all, I just want to say like congrats on the EP. I haven't called you guys and told you that yet, but it's well, thank you. It thank broke you. it broke my heart in many ways. So <laughs> so you know what that means to me. Yeah, that's <laughs> the that's the hope. We we just want to just want to shatter shatter. We just want to wreck your day. I yeah. just want to wreck your. We just want we just want to ruin you for a second. Well, listen, when Beautiful came out, I like cried in my car. So like oh, we gotta baby. be even. We gotta be even. You know. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, my my favorite line in Love the Ocean. First of all, many of them know up, but the, I used to try and make believe you were the other half of me. Oh, Tell wow, myself I made you me. better so I never had to leave. I used to try to make believe you were the other half of me. Tell myself I made you better so you never had to leave. And because, oh. You know what? That two lines, that... That summarizes essentially every relationship I have been in until this one. Like this one's pretty healthy and, and that's why it scares me so much. Mm. Um, but everyone before that, like especially me in high school, God, I was dating someone who like, I don't think liked me. Like, yes, we loved each other, but like I didn't even like me. It makes sense that he couldn't like me, but I, because I didn't like myself and because I, I believed he didn't like me and whatever, I just was trying to be this other half for him all the time. And I was like, well, you can stay with this person because once you finally are the other half of this person, then you'll be worthy and then you'll be good enough. And once you're good enough for somebody else, then you can consider being good enough for yourself, blah, blah, blah. It was terrible. Right. And then there was this thing, like I've always been just so stupid obsessed with neuroscience and like epigenetics hmm. and personality types and psychology and all that. And so I was really into personality types in high school. And there was this thing called like, I think, 
I think it's Bob Cooley's, um, the genius of flexibility. And everybody has like, they identify their personality type and body structure with a certain organ. And so I remember my boyfriend was like going to this class and he had them type me and he was like, well, I'm a gallbladder and my balancing type is a liver. And I was like, oh, like what type am I? And he's like, okay, I'll show you, like, I'll show them a video of you. And they were like, wow, she's beautiful, but I think that she's a kidney or something. And I was like, so what, what does that mean? What does that mean? And he's like, oh yeah. I mean, like we're like compatible, but you know, and I'm like, so my whole high school career, he told me this like my sophomore year and we dated like pretty much all high school. I remember just like always having it in the back of my mind, thinking that my best friend was a liver and just remembering that I was a kidney and that I was never going to be right for him. And in that sadness of knowing I would never be the balancing type for this man, this little man <laughs> who I was dating in fucking high school, I was like, I will forever try to be like the helper. I'll always try and help someone, the liver or whatever. And the kidney was like the funny one or some shit. I don't know. But like, I was just not trying to be a kidney, bro. I wanted to be a liver. I wanted to be perfect for this person. And so, yeah, I really like I feel like I sought out heartbreak like, at a really early age of just wanting to be right for someone. And it's funny because, you know, if I was right for someone and someone was obsessed with me, I never went for those people. I wasn't ready for someone to actually like me. <laughs> I was not yeah. down for that. I, I feel I feel that whole, wholeheartedly. You know, I <laughs> I spent most of high school having a crush on somebody who wasn't interested in me, you know, which mm -hmm. like that happens. But I felt like I wasn't good enough. And then the, right. the person who I wound up being in my first relationship with, I didn't understand why she liked me because it happened kind of so quickly. Right. And then I went away for like a while. Like I went camping for 40 days yeah. and she she broke up with me like while I was camping because duh, like I was gone for 40 days and we were in high school. <laughs> um, but I just, I kept, I always blamed myself. Like I, I was like, oh, you are the, you're a person that even though you are dumped and you are hurting, it this right. is your fault. And so, like, I think I've carried that with me in a lot of ways. Like, I feel like I've always found ways to kind of, like, blame myself for right. relationships ending, even if it's not my fault. And that resentment right. builds up and, you know, oftentimes is reflected before the relationship ends or, like, in, you yeah. know, and whatever. I have a joke about uh, about about what you said, though. What's the only thing you can do uh, if you're a kidney? Pee? Get stoned. Oh, <laughs> I do that all the time. <laughs> no, no wonder. Then there that, we go. There a we kidney go. doesn't make you pee, does it? That's no, fucking no. bladder. Oh my God. No, Wait. I mean, your, your bladder holds your pee, but your kidney is what cycles like the bad stuff out. Right. Right. Um, I th Thank you. Think, okay. I think. Yeah. Well, the liver yeah. does like alcohol, but then your kidneys does like. The, the the stuff like it makes yeah. urine sort of yep or yep, the yep, yep. whatever yeah I don't know I'm what do I look like a dentist I love know? that <laughs> you like, look like a dentist um, before we move on to the question round I just feel like there's no good segue or anything I just want to shout out Nick Smith's cover of Love oh my Ocean. god can we just shout that out for a sec I used to try to make believe you were the other half It's so good. It's so ridiculously good. I and what I love is that like your version of Love the Ocean is the sad, like heartbreaking version, and his 
is like the mm. the sexy angry version. It's the Bonnie Raitt version. It's the yeah, I can't make you the, love me it, energy. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Oh yeah. yeah. You're the Bonnie Vare side of that and he's the Bonnie Raitt, you know. Oh, I am so honored to be on that side, but I'd be honored to be on either. Yeah, he I mean, fucking killed it and he's just like such he's a work so of talented. art of a human being. I love him. He's such a good person and such a good friend and yeah, bro. It's so cool. And his mama made the cover art for that. Oh, Isn't that beautiful. wonderful? That's yeah, absolutely gorgeous. She, yeah, the waves yeah, and all we, that. <laughs> yeah, we both included our moms in one way or another. And I think that's adorable. I'm really trying that's to awesome. have us all hang out at some point in life. I love moms. Are you ready for the question round? Yeah. Let's Ooh. do it. Question time. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, before we it's go to the actual one. questions, we have our Patreon subscriber, uh, Alan C. He's got a question for you. Aww. This actually, this question was for Molly Moore, um, but we forgot to ask it during her interview. So oh we are uh, recycling the question, if you don't I mind. I love Molly Moore, uh, by the way. She's, she's so dope. Molly, yeah. She's, she's the so best. Cool. <laughs> the question is, how often do you plan your days? Like, do you have like a routine and a sort um, of way you go about doing things uh, and like a, you know, do you hold to a plan or is every day like a new adventure? Oh, poor Alan. I feel like he probably would have appreciated her answer on this, Molly's answer. But um, I plan my days every day and I almost never follow the plan. I have <laughs> <laughs> extreme ADHD, ADD, whatever. And that so mixed with anxiety. Yeah, is this your story, bro? Um, but no, I will like write out lists of exactly what I'm going to do. And I'll put little like check marks and I'll make the list so beautiful and immaculate. And they'll just be scattered around my room. And what's really scary is to look at some notes that I have from the beginning of the summer that have like the same action items on them <laughs> as like today. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, bro. I don't know. I guess you just got to write it down so many times that you finally follow it. Like... Yeah, I have I have like a, a monthly to do like monthly monthly goals. And if I don't sure. actually get them done within that month, like they're bigger goals, like, you know, sure. trying to get a certain number of followers or, yeah. um, you know, or, or do this thing or do that thing. If it doesn't happen, then I, I add it to the next month, but I add a star. Right. So like, there are actually things. This. Well, there are actually things on there that have like, and I've made symbols to represent like a year, you know, but they'll have like <laughs> like 27 stars. Oh my god! You know, how many stars does this interview have? This one's been this one's been alright. Actually, this one didn't make the month the monthly list, so we're all right. Yeah. You know, um, so I'll usually do like three talking line episodes right. will be the goal. And right. you know, if I don't do those three, the next month will be do three talking line episodes right. with a star. You know, right, right. Um, but like, uh, yeah. yeah, there there have been things that I've just kept going and kept going and kept going. Though it is very satisfying when you actually do cross oh, it off. Oh God, it feels um, so good to cross things off. Yeah, that's my biggest task as like an adult person is just finding the discipline to do the things that I say I want to do. And then when I don't do them, like having the courage to be like, all right, dude, why did you not do this? Why aren't yeah. you doing this? Well, like, that's actually, we've been hanging with Kieran Max and they are like heavy calendar people. Like if you look at their mm. calendar, it is like, it's this gorgeous rainbow of mm. panic. And, uh, <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't think like, you know, if we have an interview, it's in my calendar just so I don't double book anything, but I'm, I'm very right. much not a calendar person because, yeah. 
you know, if I if I'm late to something, which I often am, or if I don't, you know, don't get around to it, then mm-hmm. I feel like it nullifies the whole thing. Like I'm not a get back on the horse person. I'm like, I'm never seeing that horse again. Um, <laughs> I wish I was like that sometimes. So instead, I have this, I have a book. I have like this like mini journal that I carry around mm-hmm. that has like on one side has like my tasks for the day. And, you know, there are things that I know are priority. I'll put like a little, you know, star if it needs to be done this day. But right. like most of these are tasks that can be moved to tomorrow. But yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a routine person. I like if I can bike every day. I, I, I Breakfast is sacred. You know, I make my coffee and I have my breakfast and then the rest yeah. is sort of a, a free for all. What about you, Noah? Um, I, I'm a, I'm a fucking mess. I like, <laughs> I, 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 I wake up and I'm just like, I'm going to, I mean, thankfully with production, I usually like, I, I don't ha- usually have a lot of disparate things to do. I'm usually like, sure. I have to work on this song. So it's like, right, exactly. The, the actual organizational process of what I have to do never gets super cluttered. Nate and I have a studio like to do list that. That, has like, that been helping? Was that has that been? Helpful? Yeah, I've, I've I've appreciated having that that visual aid. It's, it's split in <laughs> half, so the top half is high priority and the bottom half is low priority. That's so helpful. But yeah, I'm, yeah. I mostly just wake up and 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 have to do a little internal uh, mini game of like fighting my inner demons to get uh, <laughs> out of to, bed. to get out of bed and and sit yeah. myself down at the desk and and find the inner courage to uh, to approach a creative problem solving task. And that's like oh that's the God. everyday struggle. Yeah, yeah, it that, is. That's isn't pretty it? much what I'm up against. <laughs> I, I, I have to. I feel like I have to put on record that that when I do catch, because oftentimes I don't catch no in the morning because I'm doing my morning routine, which is right. Sudoku, coffee, you know, text messages, posts, the sacred right. breakfast. Uh, <laughs> but there are mornings where where when Noah wakes up, the look on his face is like something is very wrong, <laughs> like. I, like I walked, I walked into the studio today, and Noah, Noah had just woken up, and I, his face looked like he just had received the worst news. And I'm like, is everything Bro. okay? And he was like, yeah, I just woke up, man. Like, what, Wait, up? I was about to do my workout, Three, two, and I was just one. like scowling. Can we please show each other what that face looks like? Because I know what my morning face looks like. I'm, I'm okay. Wait, three, two, two one. one. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> They're different. They're different. I'm I'm leaving that in there just so everybody can imagine what we all look like. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, just like the morning doom face. It's right. Okay. Well, all right. On to the question round. Ding, ding, ding. Question, ding. question, question, questions. Answer or die. <laughs> die or answer. Die or answer. Diarrhea. Dye your hair. Whoa. <laughs> Do it hey. for fun. All right, first question. What is your phone background? Oh, my phone background. Oh, man. All right. Well, there's two. Lock screen is a picture of me and James's feet. He let me paint his toenails, and we had matching toenails for a couple days, and I have never been so happy. I felt like he was just, like, my buddy, and (laughs) we both had pink toesies, and so it's just a really cute little picture. I love that. And then my inside screen is... Um, the goddess Parvati Mm. and I like had this mantra for myself a while ago I think it was like right after depression town in LA January I just came up with this mantra like when I was having a terrible night like right as I was falling asleep I was like you know what girl like when you take care of yourself you're taking care of the entire universe and and I just Mm. kept saying that to myself until I fell asleep and then the next day I had a self-care day and it was really pivotal for me 
And then I came across this goddess and that was like her mantra. And I didn't even search for her. I just found her on Instagram. So oh, what, what, I made her my background. What religion is the goddess too? It's Hindu. It's Hindu. Yeah. And oh, wow. to be honest, I don't know nearly enough about her. All I know is that she believes in that whole, if you're taking care of yourself, you're taking care of everyone by default. Uh, that, that like connection of understanding is so pivotal. And it like so many of us, I feel like avoid that truth for so long because we want to keep certain people in our lives and stuff. And then you realize you're like, oh, I don't take care of myself when I'm surrounded by these people. Absolutely. And I can't take care of them when I don't take care of me. That was a huge thing for me, especially in high school, because my whole ego was built around taking care of people and being good for people and whatever. And even if it's helping yourself, and that's the part that I think a lot of women miss because you think, oh, I have to be selfless and I have to take care of other people. And I remember the first time I willingly went to therapy, I only went to two sessions because this lady, Connie, like was just such a gem. And she told me one thing that pretty much had me healthy for like two years. <laughs> she was like, you don't have to set yourself on fire in order to keep other people warm. And I remember Ooh, something in my brain really just clicking and me being like, okay, wow. bye, bitch. Love you. Thank you so much. I am never seeing you again. I am so happy <laughs> and I understand something. And that genuinely, like that little thought just really, it changed me for like over a year. I was, I was really grounded <laughs> because of that. Nugget. On, on the converse side, my therapist told me something that is going to have me going back to therapy routinely <laughs> at least once a year, which is, uh, oh. she, she said, um, constructing your narrative for people is not the same as being vulnerable. Mm. Wow. Oh wow. my God, fuck, okay. It's true. Oh my God, the language you use to describe what's happening to you and and, and yourself and yeah, wow, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a David Foster Wallace quote, which is that which seems to express can sometimes tend to invoke. Mm. So, you know, sometimes, sometimes I always, you know, I try to watch how I label myself or how I label how I'm being, despite, you know, finding yeah. like good, good language for it. If I say I am this, then maybe that actually makes me feel it in a more intense way than if right. I, you know, than, than if I presence it as, oh, maybe this is just a sort of fl fleeting kind of way of being. Right. Do you meditate at all? Uh, I, I did for a bit. Um, I, I feel like I, I meditate like somebody who's really bad at hiking. <laughs> Me too. Drinks water. Yeah. Like they say if you're dehydrated, like if you're, if you're thirsty, you should have had water 40 minutes ago right. when you're hiking. And right. I feel like I only really meditate when I feel like I'm I'm stressed out or I'm starting oh, yeah. to spiral. Whereas yeah. I should have been meditating. You when know, you were feeling great. When yeah. I was feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. I can't recommend that one enough. I like I do a lot of guided ones because I can't make my mind shut up and it's like helpful to hear someone else speak about things For sometimes. Sure. So I'll, I'll send you I'll send you my Deepak Chopra. I love that. I was I did a oh, yeah. Michael Seeley's sleep meditation. So like I don't even have to participate. Michael. I just have to let him. <laughs> I just have to Michael go to sleep. Michael Seeley. Yes. Yeah, wait, you know his voice? You know his voice? Oh, don't I ever. You know what I'm... I hate is when I put those like nighttime ones on and I'll fall asleep, but then I'll wake up two hours into it and fucking Michael Seeley is just like, and you will walk down the path and you will fall asleep. In the I'm river. like, I, I'm I'm like, like I, I missed the beginning part of this story, Michael. You know, I don't know where I, I am. You know? Yeah, like, I hate His it. voice though is so soothing though. And, and here's it the thing, like, because I'm editing the podcast, I'm so, anybody who has like spit sounds or anybody who like, has like oh, hard consonants, like bad audio. Re bad audio really takes me out. And Michael Seeley has like quality audio. And I just does. love it where he goes, Hi, I'm Michael Seeley. Yes. And I'm like, 
Michael Sheen. I'm like, rock me to sleep, Michael. Let's do this, you know? <laughs> Hold me. It's in you your and me arms. tonight, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh God, yeah. All right. Next question is do you have a non-musical hobby? Mm, I do. Yeah. Okay. So I was having a lot of chronic pain a few months ago. And I don't know if you know much about chronic pain, but I'm fairly certain most of mine at least comes from just feeling a lot of things and then not dealing with them. Like for me, like me not dealing with something, it'll go immediately into my body and my bones. Mm -hmm. And I will have like so much pain in my arms that I can't get up some days. And I haven't had that all summer, by the way, but I, I don't know. Like I, I prescribed myself this thing. I'm like, I need you to do. <laughs> I had a panic attack one night and I was up all night and I wrote this whole thing and I, I made like a list of three things I wanted to do every day this summer. And they all happened to be things that like I loved as a kid, which I thought was mm -hmm. so cool. But I have drawn outside and listened to like a podcast that interests me like pretty much every day this summer. And oh, it's been awesome. like the most like healing, wonderful little gift to myself, just being outside near the trees and drawing and like for no reason, you know? So yeah, I love to draw. I love to paint. That's lovely. Anything Anything like creative where people aren't judging me. I just love it. It's so fun. Well, and you've used some of your 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 own art, right? For your cover stuff. Oh, like they, yeah. they look like they they look like they could be adult drawings, but also it evokes sort of a childish way of approaching art. Thank um, you. Yeah, you no, know. those are actually drawings from when I was a child. I was um drawing like I drawing was my first love before music. And like my parents are always bragging about this, which feels odd at 23. They're like, mm -hmm. she could hold a pencil correctly at like five months old and I draw little Z's and like, <laughs> as like I just drew boobs and shoes and like women like from such an early age because I just wanted to be like a woman <laughs> so bad. And so that's why I wanted to make all my cover art for this next EP, like pretty much all like childhood drawings of these beautiful women I tried to look like and be like and whatever. <laughs> so yeah, it's been a thing since I was very little. That's really cool. Yes. It's cool that you, I, I've always, I've like given the advice to friends, like bring the other stuff that you do into your music. Like, like, you know, I do sound design stuff outside of music. And right. now we've been doing like these trailers for our songs with these soundscapes. And it's been so rewarding right. because I finally get to like take this thing that I thought was unrelated to Sleeping Lion and bring it into this world. You know? That's, isn't that awesome? Everything's yeah. so connected. Cause I'll, Dude, I'll be drawing and I'll like think of like a metaphor for production and then my production will be a little different based on the drawing I did that day. I'm yeah, like, I love that. Just all these little metaphors and stuff. So that's great that you guys are able to connect Absolutely. other hobbies too. Yeah. It's what makes you you. It's what makes, you know, I think Sleeping Lion is as much, you know, what Talking Lion brings to it as anything else too, you know? Right. Nobody's just an artist. They are everything they do. Right. And that's, I always had such like a hard time accepting, like people be like, well, you want to be an artist, right? And I'm like, no, <laughs> like, I don't even want to say it because like, I don't see myself like that. I see myself as like a bean who just happens to love music and like making music and stuff. And it's because I think there is that disconnect when you label yourself as a producer, an artist, you think like, oh, that's like a separate identity, but it's not, you know, like your art is essentially like everything that you do because everything that yeah. you do is what leads up to the making of that song or the right. making of that album. And yeah, it's also like inextricably interwoven. <laughs> well, like, like we said, that which seems to express also tends to invoke. If you say you're just this thing, mm -hmm. then you, you, draw that box around yourself, but nobody's drawn that box. So no, it's you. Yeah. Yeah. Are there any skills Beautiful. that you would like to have? Mm, yeah. So many. Oh my God. <laughs> Ooh. 
well, I'd like to be really good at production. Like I'd like to be like a, like a Kenny Beats, right? Bad <laughs> bitch right, right, right. girl. I'd love to do that. I would love to do that. But I also well, would I just say you're love well to... on your way at this point. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's a huge one. That's probably my biggest want at the moment. All right, the most important question of the podcast. The most important question. Would you be a pirate? Ooh, I think my ancestors were. Oh, whoa. Interesting. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, thank you. I don't know this factually at all. They're Greek, and so there's a lot of storytelling. And all I know is our last name used to be Klokaris or something when I was like, like way before I was born. And then it had to get changed to Antoniadis, which is like... Apparently, like the Greek equivalent of Smith, it's a common last name, but they changed it to that because someone did something bad. Oh, wow. oh. yeah! Isn't that fun? I want to know is. so bad. That's exciting. Yeah, and then they say something about pirates, but I don't know. <laughs> so, so I would be in, a pirate. It's in your blood, but you, so you would be a pirate. <laughs> oh yeah, oh. I think you'd be a great pirate. I think you make a pretty good Aww. pirate. Thank you. If there's anyone who could pull off being a compassionate pirate, it's you. Oh yeah. Oh my God! Thanks. <laughs> That would be so fun. <laughs> I'd take all the loot and the wine. And just <laughs> guard that. that. Yeah. Uh, do you have any tattoos? No, but I'd like one. What, what would your first one be? This is going to sound stupid. Are you ready? I'm so ready. No stupid answers. Ever. Only stupid people. <laughs> Only stupid questions from us. <laughs> no, not stupid. But um, when I was little, I wanted this too. I really want to get like, mm, I feel silly. I want to get... I love you tattooed on the bottom of my feet so that when Aww. I'm barefoot, it's like stomp, stomp, stomp. I love you, you know, on <laughs> that's the ground. So, that's so wholesome. I love that. I love that. I, I just, yeah, I feel like it's going to hurt like a bitch though. So yeah, I definitely is, like. Feet tattoos are hardcore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we'll see if that ever happens. But that's definitely my ideal tattoo. I love that. Thank you. What was the first concert you ever attended? Mm, besides like parents. <laughs> that makes, I mean, yeah. 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 I well Cletus. Okay. <laughs> Cletus. Yeah, I went to um I went to a bunch of like their concerts obviously and their friends' concerts and stuff. And then the first concert that I went to, like that I chose to go to, I think it was like <laughs> Summer Jam, maybe. Like the ninety four five, like all the rap artists. Oh, <laughs> I nice. think That's it fun. may have been Summer Jam because like I loved hip hop and rap so deeply when I was I, in middle school. I, I'm now having this rem this memory of the rap that you wrote for Hot 100 class that was low-key so good. Was it? I don't remember that at all. I, I don't remember it. I don't remember the rap. I just remember that it was low-key so good. <laughs> Thank <laughs> but that, you. So that makes sense that, that you had a childhood <laughs> fixation with it. Do you have a scar with a story? Mm. Only on my heart. Aww. Well, we've heard those stories. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I actually, I don't really have any scars. Bro. You're unscathed. You're unscathed. Friend, I think though. I'm unscathed. That's impressive. I like have some pretty bad chips in the back of my leg from shaving, but that has no story <laughs> except for like pain and lots of blood in the bathroom. I, and my dad had to come help me. I hated that. That was the worst. Uh, that'll do it. That'll <laughs> definitely do it. What are three thoughts you have at this very moment? I'm looking at a Bob Ross calendar. Nice. I think mm. that he looks like a cutie little chipmunk guy with his fluffy hair. And it says August. And then the third thought is, it, this is what it says on this page. It says, let your imagination be your guide. 
there are absolutely no limits here. And that's from Bob Ross. We, we quote Bob Ross quite a bit on the show. One of my favorite quotes is make big decisions and let them go. Yeah. He knew Love some Bob stuff. He's, he's, he was he's, like, he's a gentle He really soul. knew some stuff. Big, big mm. Bob Ross fans here on the show. Do you guys ever like follow along with the painting? Uh, I did once and it was very challenging. I would kill to have like a sleepover with you guys where we just got high and then painted to Bob I, Ross. That sounds great. We're 100% down. <laughs> okay, um, next time. We, uh, next time I'm over. Uh, when I was at my, my friend's house, we like took out paints, like broke off some cardboard and, and all mm. used cardboard to like paint. It was really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love to do it. It never turns out like his. Like, cause I've, how I've, could I've it? Painted, I've painted special. with Kaylee uh, before and that was really fun. Kaylee. Mm. She cool. Next question is, what are you most proud of? I think that I am most proud of my ability and desire to be better all the time. Mm. Because um, as you know, and as you guys can probably relate to, I'm very mean to me. And I, in my old age, am realizing like, (laughs) I'm finally like giving myself permission not to be so mean. And it's just, it's given me this hope. It's like, even when things go bad lately, I'm just like so happy. Like I'm so, I'll be crying and I'm just like, I'm so glad I have the opportunity Mm -hmm. to feel. And like, I don't know, especially with the state of everything going on in Black Lives Matter and like all of the shit I've been schooled on these past couple months. I am so grateful that I genuinely enjoy learning and, and changing. And because I'm noticing you know, like so many people who aren't willing to look at themselves and like change because it's embarrassing to have been wrong and it's hard to have been wrong and it's hard to try to see things new. And I don't know, I'm very grateful and I'm very proud of the fact that I like to do that, that I like to try and be better (laughs) because I'm not great all the time. Not to be, not to be (laughs) kind of like, you know, hippie oh peace and love the world and everything but i do think (laughs) if these two things could be true if people had open minds and open their mind to being wrong or to to learning and to Mm -hmm. to being able to grow in the way that you're talking about and secondly can view other people as as a universe you know to view how you treat somebody else as the the maintenance of a universe um and the caring of a universe I really do think the world would be a better place. I think so much of what's happening now are people are not willing to accept, you know, plurality of thought or, or new ideas. It's hard or- to because that takes a lot of work sometimes. But it's like, you're totally right. I think if everyone thought that way, then things bad things would happen, but we'd be okay from them a little quicker, I think. Yeah, I agree. I feel like I denied myself any ounce of pride for so long and whatever pride I had was a secret because I didn't want anyone to think that I liked myself, which is just so stupid. Um, But Hmm. I really focused on not liking myself like for so long. And so in high school, like any praise that I got, I just was like, oh, they're lying to me, of course, as an anxious, like sad person. I, I always thought that. And so I really like focused so much on how I treated people. And my goal, like I look back in my notebooks from high school and from like being a kid and stuff. And I'd have these lists of things that I wanted to be. And always at the top was like, be loving, like love people, like listen Mm. to what they say. And that was, I just, I needed something to feel proud of when I was younger. And I wasn't willing to be proud of anything that I was about me. So, so that was like the first thing that, that made me feel like empowered. I think think you've succeeded on all fronts. I think not only, not only are you an incredible artist and an, and an 
incredible, you know, songwriter. <laughs> but you're also one of the kindest and nicest people that we've ever met in this. Stop. Um, Thank you. Or ever met full stop. So, you know, like I think you've managed to pull off both uh, very, very well. Well, that um, means the entire world to me. Thank you. You guys are as well. <laughs> you guys are the best. And lastly, what are you uh, What are you looking forward to? Mm, I am looking forward to going outside tomorrow and working on a song that I've been working on all summer. Nice. It's like getting dark over here right now, but I'm very excited to enjoy the rest of the sunshine and to keep working in it. And I'm looking forward to my friends putting out gorgeous new music because it keeps <laughs> happening. And I'm looking forward to me putting out new music and putting out new music all the time without regret or thought. Mm. Like Bob Ross said, just doing the thing, making a big mistake quick or whatever you just said. Oh, I forget. Big decisions and letting them go. Yeah. Big decisions and letting them go. I'm trying to make those all the time. So, yeah. Well, we we can't wait. You're, you're amazing. It, it's been... I'm glad that that this finally happened. That this that this interview, too. despite the odds, we beat the odds and we we, odds. we rescheduled and and and, <laughs> and found and found the day. But also, um, I think it, it means a lot that our our stories have sort of intertwined in the way that they have. Oh, and, it means a lot to me too. Um, and and I'm really excited for everything that's coming. We'll 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 send demos back and forth. We'll <laughs> yes, we'll, please. We'll keep the early listenings uh, early listenings going, but. Yeah, you're you're fantastic, Amelia. And I'm really glad that, that everything everything has has aligned the way that it should. And I'm really mm. glad that the universe that is you is spiraling in a in a kind of harmony right now. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm I'm so grateful for you guys. I really am. Thank you for having me. We would like to thank Alan C. for supporting Talking Lion on Patreon and Isotope.